0: NFL seasons are all about who stays the healthiest and who's playing the best at the end of the year. And that's still on the table for the Titans, as crazy as the injury situation has been.
1: Welcome in to the Titans 10 for Wednesday. December the first. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, broadcaster and writer with Broadway Sports Media and the 440 Podcast Network. Welcome to December, folks. We are here, the last month of the year. The year has flown by, and the NFL season has flown by. Here we are in the home stretch, and we are talking with a special guest today. Mike Herndon is our guest for Titans Talk Week 12. Uh, Mike is a great guy. He's the guy I got my start with here at broadwaysportsmedia.com. Uh, he's incredibly knowledgeable about the game and is a, a great uh, semi-retired writer uh, who's covered the Titans for longer than I have for sure. Um, we have a great conversation just about the team and uh, what you know the situation for them could look like going forward because there's a number of possibilities for this team. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Before we get to that, just a quick reminder to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Leave us a review. Uh, if you leave a, a rate and review and I like it, I might <clears throat> you know, read it here on the show. So leave a, a good review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, and I might shout you out for it uh, on because I definitely read those and I see the reviews. Thank you all for those so much. Um, all right, before we get to him, uh, one last thing. For the rest of this week, I'm not sure what the show is going to look like because the Titans are on by. Working on a couple of other things here at Broadway Sports and with the show. Some, you know, getting ready for these final five weeks of the regular season for the Titans playoff run. So it's going to be interesting uh, to see whether or not we have a show the next two days. Uh, I'd imagine we have at least one either Thursday or Friday, but uh, I'm not sure when or what it'll be about. But uh, when we do have one, you'll see it in the feed, obviously, and I will tweet about it. So uh, for now, let's get to our Titans Talk Week 12 guest, Mike Herndon. All right, let's welcome in Mike Herndon to the Titans 10. Mike is a former writer for Music City Miracles and BroadwaySports.com. Uh, I'm sure you all know Mike Mike was the mainstay Titans writer at broadwaysportsmedia.com and then uh, beginning of the season had to step away because he's got more important bigger things going on but we give him a hard time because retired Mike is only partially retired he still talks Titans all the time on Twitter Um, so I'm sure you keep up with him there Mike how are you doing today man I'm doing good doing good how about you. I'm doing well. So let's talk about the Titans a little bit here. Now, I want to I want to say it's interesting. I think a lot of people might not know this before we get into the Titans. Mike actually was the one who I got in contact with first at Broadway Sports. Um, He kind of gave me my start here and then I immediately started and he immediately stepped away and there were some people (laughs) online that assumed that like i had been brought on to replace him and i'm like no no i have no idea what i'm doing and mike is really good at this so that's uh just a little clarification there he i guess he just was like bringing me on and then decided to get out of here uh he just didn't want to work with me clearly that's what it was (laughs) so
0: yeah um, i you know it's funny i I actually did not know i was gonna retire quote unquote uh um when we were talking and and then when you were brought on. I mean, I was excited to kind of work with you and then like it was just like as the season began to ramp up and and activity, like there was just so much like news going on and you feel the need to like write on it and commentate on it and podcast about it and like everything started ramping up and it was just like I could start to feel overwhelmed and the season hadn't even started yet. So right. I was like once the season starts, it's going to be tenfold and like I'm one of these people that if I can't put everything I've got into something and really like do it right I just don't want to do it at all because I don't want to put my name on you know half-ass work basically sure so, um sure. that's uh that, that's kind of what led me to basically semi-retire and of course I can still fire off tweets and I still watch the games I'm still you know very closely following the team it's just I, I don't have to do all the other stuff
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, they came oh, yeah. with
0: that now, um, which has been a huge relief to me and my schedule and in my sanity, frankly.
1: Well, so let's talk about those games. We'll start with kind of smaller picture. Let's start with the Titans game against New England this past weekend. I want to just get your general thoughts on how that game went. Frankly, I expected it to be a little bit worse than it was for the Titans. Um, you know, the the final score wasn't really reflective of how close the game was. Uh, The Titans had another pretty productive day on offense, especially in the run game. They were able to get whatever they wanted. Um, And it was really just, again, turnovers and small mistakes that piled up on them. And they couldn't overcome that with such a razor thin margin for error because they had, you know, an AAF squad out there, uh, an NFL quarterback and a practice squad up there in New England. Um, and, you know, Bill Belichick teams are, you know, they're the most disciplined teams in the league historically, so they're not going to beat themselves. So if you beat yourself, it's its pretty much over. So it, it actually went better than I thought in terms of their productivity, given their roster, but, of course, they made too many mistakes. What what was your main takeaway from the game?
0: Um, I guess the, the two big things for me were, you know, they found kind of their rhythm in the ground game, and that was exciting to see, um, you know, with Foreman and Hilliard both, uh, really putting in really nice games for them. I um, mean, they, when they ran the ball, they, I mean, New England was not stopping them. So that was good to see that kind of come to life. Um, of course, the passing game struggled. I'm not terribly surprised that it struggled against a very good New England defense. And a New England defense that, frankly, if you look at the way that they played the Titans, they they basically were saying, we're not going to let you Gash us with chunk plays down the field. We're gonna sit back in a two-high shell game. And if you run it on us with Hilliard and Foreman, fine. Um, which is frankly, it's the way that they played the Titans when they had Derrick Henry too, the last time we saw him. So right. uh Bill Belichick knows, and this is something that I feel like is been true for a long time, the play action passing game is the real dagger for the Titans. That is really where they kill you. It is not Derrick Henry, while Derrick Henry is a freak of nature and awesome and and his ability to rip off explosive plays in the ground game really torment defenses and make it a more difficult decision than it would be normally. The play action passing game is where they have killed teams offensively in the past few years. And and that is something that Bill Belichick clearly came in to take away. And when you don't have AJ Brown and Julio Jones to beat that coverage and to make plays after the catch. It just becomes very difficult to play offense. Um and then even when you do move the ball very well, you can't turn it over. You can't, and you can't turn it over three times. And you know two of the one one being in the end zone, all three turnovers being in Patriots territory. Um like you said the game was a lot closer than the score certainly indicated. It came down to the Titans turned the ball over. The Patriots didn't. Uh, and and when big plays were there to be made, the Patriots made them and the Titans didn't. And I thought defensively it was a little bit disappointing from the Titans. Um, specifically, I thought, you know, obviously Jayon Brown and Elijah Molden both came in with questionable tags. I thought they looked hurt yeah. um, playing. They missed a lot of tackles. They were hesitant, tentative. Uh, and Bill Belichick put the Titans middle-of-the-field defense, which is, you know, Jayon Brown, Monty Rice, who then also left with an injury, uh, Elijah Molden, and then Byard and Hooker to some degree as well. They, he put them in the torture chamber. Like, they were they were in the walls of Jericho all game. Yeah, on yeah, injury. he put them in a blender all game. And nobody could tackle, and I think they figured that out. They were just feeding Jonu Smith. They were feeding the running backs. They were getting them in space against – Molden and Brown, knowing that they weren't going to be able to tackle with whatever ailments they were dealing with. And um, that, that essentially is what it came down to because you didn't see Christian Bolton giving up big plays. You really didn't see Jack Rabbit Jenkins giving up big plays before he left with an injury. It was all in the interior of that Titans defense and it was a very targeted attack. And I think it shows exactly how much the Titans miss Chris Jackson, how much they miss David Long, guys that would normally be playing in those spots. If they were healthy, you know, just not being there hurts this team. And Jayon Brown being kind of a shell of himself in that game um, hurt as well. So I think it's it's one of those things where the Patriots had a good game plan. Um, not that the Titans didn't, but the Patriots had a game plan that attacked all the spots where the Titans were weak. And that's what Bill Belichick does to teams. And and at the end of the day, they still could have won the game if they didn't put the ball on the ground, um, frankly, And so. I left that game feeling disappointed that they lost and disappointed that the turnovers continue to be a major problem, but you don't feel like this team is helpless at this point, and if they can get some uh, talent back from the injuries,
1: um, I think you could see them start to take off again at the end of the season. Yeah, that's what Bill Belichick does, and you're right, they definitely looked hurt, in places and they looked tired, right? Like they looked like a team that was desperate for that buy that they're now finally getting. Let's talk about, let's talk about that and kind of looking forward to the rest of the season. You know, I was talking about this earlier this week on the show and on Twitter as well. It's kind of strange. uh, And this is a, this is a point that was brought up to me by a a buddy of mine. Who's a bills fan. We talked back and forth, just both being immersed in, in two different fan bases. Um, Just observations of, of one another. And and he mentioned to me, it must be really strange for Titans fans right now, because it's a lot of kind of hurry up and wait um, in terms of knowing what this team is capable of knowing they have a ceiling far higher than what they're currently showing. uh, But having so many playmakers not out there on the field to make plays. Right. Um, And so that's kind of where this team is, is positioned itself uh, by necessity really to get these pieces back in time to make a playoff run. They have positioned themselves well early in the season to be able to take a little bit of a hit here towards the end and still be in a position to win the division, get into the playoffs relatively comfortably, assuming they don't, you know, collapse in monumental uh, fashion. But there's a lot of questions surrounding that because you, you keep, you keep seeing these, these, lists online about how right, this guy's going to be eligible to come back this week, this guy, this week, this, well, first of all, we've seen all year long, especially, you know, with the Titans in particular, when guys are eligible to come back is certainly not necessarily when they come back. Right. I'm not sure there have been, I'm not, I'm not sure there's been a player activated off of IR that came back the week of, and if there is, I, I missed them. The majority have not. Um And so you know the question marks are will these players be back okay well if they are going to be back will they be rusty okay well if they are going to be back and they're not rusty will they be able to mesh as a team because they haven't been able to build chemistry this year these these are the questions that i think are really going to you know make or break this titans season what what are your thoughts on on that and whether this team can come together in time to make a run yeah
0: you know it's it's kind of a fascinating question because i think we've seen the ceiling for this team is a super bowl caliber team i mean you you go off and you rattle off the you know the winning streak that they did and running through you know the playoff teams that they just you know and and some of them they beat soundly um in that stretch and of course this team could win a super bowl if they could get all the parts and pieces and frankly even in that run they didn't have all the parts and pieces really for I can't remember more than maybe one or two games. Yeah, even, it was
1: it was still kind of a, a hobbled effort.
0: Even if you look at just the three, the big three of Julio, AJ, and Henry, and you just say, "All right, those are the key guys." Not even counting Dupree and and all the other you know guys that are key players, but not necessarily superstars. Um, even if you just look at the three superstars, I don't think they've had those guys fully, fully healthy together at the same time since probably Seattle, maybe. Mm. Um, and so that's and that was game two of the season. Uh and, and they were still kind of feeling things out. Uh and you know, obviously you had Lawan out for that game. So there's there's always been parts missing. They've we've never really seen this team at full flight, I feel like, and it's certainly possible. They haven't lost anybody as far as a season ending injury that you would say, well, this, this team is materially changed with those guys being out. Like Caleb Farley being out hurts, but it's a depth guy. It's a depth issue more than a, right. Yeah. He's, he's not a guy that's in your starting lineup with everyone healthy for the most part. I mean, maybe you could say he should have forced out, you know, mold in and force them to play whoever Fulton or Jackrabbit in the slot, whatever they were going to do, however they saw that trio working at some point, maybe you could say that would have been better. But it's not – that player isn't materially changing the upside of this roster. So everyone is still there. But as you said, it's like, you know, is Julio going to be able to be back for the Jacksonville game? Of course, he's eligible to be back. But will he be activated? Will he be practicing? Will he be able to keep that hamstring healthy for, you know, five games? To is about to say it,
1: once he's back, will he last more than a couple quarters?
0: Right, right, right. And 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 the question also is: Is this the same hamstring and hamstring injury that he had last year? That this is just a, at this point a chronic deal that they're just going to only be able to play him for a game or two at a time uh, before it pops up again. And and so. It feels like all of these guys are to that, to that point, question marks. And and you think, you know, chest injury for AJ, you know, probably he'll be back. You know, that's not something that you feel like is going to be, he'll still be able to keep his legs under him, keep in game shape. To that, He's the guy you kind of expect to be
1: back with the most confidence, I think, of those three.
0: I I think so too. And and I I feel like Dupree is likely to be back too. I, I mean, they... You know, they seemed pretty optimistic that he may be able to play, and it felt like they almost just shut him down for precautionary reasons and to make sure he was going to be full tilt by the time they got into the games where they really have to have him. Um, But, I, you know, I I do think the ideal situation is you start to get these guys back, and in that stretch that's really, you know, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Miami – which are the three toughest games you have left. If you can start to get those guys back in that stretch and and win those games or or win at least a couple of those games and take care of the tomato cans in your division, then you're, you're feeling pretty good that maybe you could still be in the the hunt for the one seed. You should, you would win the division if you go three and two at least uh, the rest of the way. So you feel pretty good if you're the Titans and you can get those guys back, win a couple of those games and start to knock the rust off before the playoffs start. Like, even if you don't get the one seed, the biggest thing to me now is, and the one seed would be phenomenal for this team, just where they are injury wise, you know, what the one seed means as far as just getting a week off and not having another
1: potential. Cause I mean, all of these, right, it would be more valuable to them than clue. any other team in the league. Really? Absolutely. So I think the one seed is pretty critical, um, which
0: is why that Houston loss is so so bad. But um, it is uh, they do need to chase the one seed, but they also they just have to get these guys healthy and playing well and ready. Because I mean, even if you get the one seed, if you don't have these guys healthy, it it feels like this the ceiling's capped. You know, that they're not going to win a Super Bowl with with Nick Westbrook-Akina uh as your number one wide receiver you're just not um so you got to get guys healthy you got to get them in the groove playing well And, and you hope it could all come together you know around the the san francisco game and you're peaking as you're heading into the playoffs which is a real possibility and nfl seasons are all about who stays the healthiest and who's playing the best at the end of the year And that's still on the table for the Titans as crazy as the injury situation has been. Right. And you just hope it all comes together, but I completely understand Titans fans who have zero optimism that, you know, are we going to actually get healthier, you know, 17 weeks into a season or is this just going to continue to fall apart and we're just going to have, you know, Jeffrey Simmons or Harold Landry be the next guy to go down, you know, and continue to rob from this core. Um, I could see it going either way. And, and that's not a great take necessarily, but I think it's the reality of the situation. Sure. It could get worse, but it could also get a lot better. So I I, I think everything from a total collapse to a super bowl parade is, is still on the table for this team.
1: That's uh, guys, somebody, can we clip that in the back? That that's a, it's a hot (laughs) take. We're going to hold him to that guys. The Titans are doing something between falling apart and winning the super bowl. Um, that's a I'm bold going one.
0: Way if, it,
1: if that if that's true, then uh, some you, you get a raise somewhere, I guess. Um, that's right. Uh, so, that, but you're right. That's the strange thing, right? This this team has so many playmakers that are essentially getting a month off here in the late season, and those guys that are banged up just a little bit, they get this late season by. It's like you said. It's all about who gets hot at the right time and who gets healthy or and stays healthy at the right time, right? And you, I, I was comparing. The possibilities for the Titans, uh, probably not probably the actual best case for the Titans is something similar to what we saw with the Bucks last year, right? Who also had a Week 13 bye, kind of hobbled into their bye and came out, won eight straight games, won the Super Bowl, right? They got they got healthy when they needed to, they got hot when they needed to, and so that's obviously probably best case for the Titans, and, and you know that's certainly a possibility given AJ, Julio, Bud all of these guys that Dane Crookshank, all David long, all of these guys who are going to get the time necessary to you, you would think to heal up, assuming they don't have an injury that is more serious than has been let on. Um, And and then you've got guys like Ryan Tannehill, who's been a hot topic lately, who whether, you know, I I think it's, it's a topic that requires nuance that many people aren't capable of, especially on uh, the Twitter.com's where uh, there's not a whole lot of nuance to go around, but it's it's a kind of situation with him where he is in the worst position of any quarterback in the league in my opinion and he's also not playing well Uh, both things can be true Um, and he clearly needs uh, some help and he also needs I think and he and he alluded to this earlier this week that this is this buy is an opportunity for him to kind of have a mental reset and I, I think it's really as simple as you see a guy like Ryan Tannehill who is I think pretty clearly a system quarterback which is a word that is used in a derogatory fashion a lot, but it, I don't think there are, but maybe two or three quarterbacks in the entire league that aren't actually system quarterbacks, right? It's only the most elite of the elite that can work outside of a system and can elevate a bunch of lawn chairs and deck furniture. You know, the Aaron Rodgers of the world, the Patrick Mahomes when he isn't falling apart. I mean, even even he this year, you see the the surroundings he's got start to fall apart a little bit and he starts to fall apart a little bit, right? you get a guy like Ryan Tannehill who has a high ceiling when he's in a good situation, all of a sudden he has to press and it starts to fall apart in every asset uh, in, in every aspect rather because he has no assets. Right. And so that's really where this team is. Can they get healthy mentally? Can they get healthy physically?
0: Yeah. And the Tannehill thing, I think is an interesting topic. Cause I mean, it is, it's the turnovers have been bad this year. There's just no two ways about it. And a lot of them have been on him. I, you know, I would say, the throw into the back of the end zone against the Patriots. I'm not worried about that throw from Ryan Tannehill. It got tipped. I I know who he was throwing the ball to, and frankly, it probably is a touchdown if McCourty doesn't make a really good play and get his hand on that ball. At, at full stretch, making a play. Like, I get it. That that That's going to happen. And on fourth down, you're pressing to make a play, trying to get it in the end zone. Your first read wasn't there. I hated the play call um so i i'll say that's not on ryan Tannehill. that's really an interception that's more if you're gonna put it on anyone it's on todd Downing uh, right to me because you but at the same time the quarter, right but
1: at you know? the same time he seems to throw the same interception to the same linebacker every other game right he's, he, he's yeah. got that one pick that he's throwing over and over and can't seem to fix he, and those are just just bad
0: and, and i think part of that is that teams now know the titans tendencies really well like the titans have a few bread and butter plays like that. The outside zone, the inside zone. At this point, duo really is a bread and butter play in the run game. But then in the passing game, they do have that glance route. I mean, it is the route that you see when you close your eyes and think about the Titans passing offense, is that glance route with A.J. Brown, uh, you know, or sometimes Julio Jones now. You know, taking a few steps and then cutting across behind the linebackers who are pulled up in play action and catching the ball in one of those windows. And I think now teams are targeting where those locations are for that route specifically with their linebackers and their linebackers are probably coached all week. Hey, when you see play action, instead of dropping straight back, you need to be dropping back at an angle to get in this window Yeah, because this is where Ryan Tannehill wants to throw this ball. And you're seeing like the interception, I think, uh, against the Texans was a perfect example of that. Linebacker comes up, was faking the blitz, and I don't even know if that one was uh, play action, but was faking the blitz in the A gap and then bails out and goes directly into that hole where they know Tannehill likes to throw. And, And I think the Ravens showed that last year in the playoffs. They showed that blueprint. They were dropping into those spots. Um, and it is something that the Titans need to overcome and, and Tannehill is going to need to not only be able to break his own tendencies with some of that stuff, but Downing's going to need to break his tendencies too. Um, and I think the bye week is typically the spot where you look for stuff like that. And you say, all right, what are teams doing to us that we need to either get them to stop doing or figure out a way to beat? And, and that is what the Titans need to spend this bye week doing the coaching staff, especially, and Ryan Tannehill as well. And and I think that's what they will do. And I think you'll see some new wrinkles when they come out of the bye in the passing game. And hopefully that eliminates some of that stuff uh, that we've seen from Ryan Tannehill. Um, But, you know, it it also is just going to take him, you know, having that trust in his wide receivers to be in the right spot, all that. So, you know, we talked about the Des Fitzpatrick stuff all last week, but, That trust factor, getting A.J. back, getting Julio back will help that stuff as well. So I think it's a combination of things, but I'm excited to see what they do over the bye week. I think this is where Mike Vrabel can be really good for this team. I think he's good at tendency recognition. I think he's good at knowing where they need to zig when the the league zags on them. Um, And it's kind of a a cat and mouse game. Um, and, And I think this is their biggest opportunity to kind of move the goalposts on opposing defenses.
1: Absolutely. Well, hey, Mike, thank you so much for joining the show. It's great to talk to you again. Again, he's Mike Herndon, formerly of broadleysportsmedia.com. Follow him on Twitter. He still covers the Titans in a pretty large capacity for a retired guy. I think you'll enjoy it. Follow him at Mike (laughs) Miracles on Twitter. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Happy to do it. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. Listen, I know every show you've ever listened to has asked you to do that, and you don't. I get it. I'm guilty of it, too. But not every show you listen to is brand new and trying to get off the ground like we are. So please, it'll help so, so much if you go rate and review and subscribe to the show. Actually go do it. Thank you in advance. We love a good grassroots effort over here at the Titans 10. And I know you've got a bunch of friends and family who follow the Titans. I know you do. So please, send them this show. And don't just tell them about it. Share the show with them over text. Send it to them. Tell them how much they need it in their lives because, of course, they definitely do. All press conference audio in this episode is from TennesseeTitans.com, so thank you to them for providing that for us. Follow me at Easton Freeze and the show at The Titans 10BSM. That's at The Titans 10BSM on Twitter to keep up with all of my football coverage and get show updates. Make sure to check out me and my talented colleagues over at BroadwaySportsMedia.com for all things Tennessee sports. We've got a great team of writers as well as a great podcast network with new content five days a week for you to consume. All right, that's going to do it for today. I am your host, Easton Freeze, and this has been the Titans 10.